Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Courtney. And this is Our Story for His Glory. Podcast. Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we are officially doing our first episode. Yep. So um, today we're just going to do a little bit of an intro and um, a little intro to Luke too as well. We're going to talk a little bit about um, growing up, what that was like for him when he was young. And... Um, kind of talk about the importance of um who's in your circle so um yeah let's just get into it yeah. um so our story his glory our whole intention i think with this um podcast is just to be real to be a little bit vulnerable talk about the good the bad the ugly everything in between and to just be normal people reaching out to normal people and feel like you're actually tangible and not the only one. Relatable. It can definitely be relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's gone through things and um, we definitely have um, separately and together been through our fair share of, um, you know, just trials of life and part of just being human. Um so you guys stay tuned and we're going to be getting into all of it but um it'll be in segments kind of leading up to everything um today i'm just going to kind of ask Luke a couple questions um and uh just kind of give you guys a little bit of backstory and then our next video will kind of be the flip and then we'll discuss eventually where the roads collided and what came after that and our journey together because that has also been a long road too of a lot of different um trials and ups and downs but um so anyway our story his glory the name for this podcast actually came from a women's retreat that i spoke at years ago um it just always stuck out to me the meaning behind that our story for his glory um it just became an encouragement to me in my life, going through things, dealing with things, um, learning that everything, when you serve God, everything that you go through can be turned around and he can use all of it for his glory. The ugliest, most tragic parts of our story have been turned around to be our biggest testimonies. And um, I think that's just really our heart's desire is to get this out there. Um, to give glory to God and um, to just hopefully just speak to somebody, even if that's one person, maybe, um, you know, what we have to say will just be able to reach you and um, you will be able to relate and learn and grow with us as we discuss all of this. But um, with that being said, I guess we'll go ahead and start. So, Luke, this is my wonderful husband. We have been um, together for going on 12 years, married for almost eight. Yeah. Um, but there was a long road before me. Oh, yeah. A sad, lonely road without me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's just uh, start by talking about when you were a kid. Um, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself. What kind of kid were you? Uh, what were you interested in? I was a good kid, but... When I was by myself or with friends, I was definitely a mischievous, uh, <laughs> like to break things, destructive kid for sure. 
We all, boy stuff. We always joke because he, um, we have two kids together, and he definitely passed that down to them. Oh, yeah, they got more destructive. They do. They got their mama's <laughs> attitude. They do. For sure. Bless them. <laughs> so, um, you were a pretty pretty good kid. I mean, your parents say that, too. Um, I was as a young kid, you were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I self-occupied. I play with string. I don't even... I don't need anything or anybody to keep me occupied. So Entertain if, yourself. If I was off in the corner, I was playing, and <laughs> I was totally content by myself. It didn't even matter. That's funny. Um, it's. I mean, you're still that way. You're a little bit of a loner. Uh, at heart, <laughs> I'm a loner, but I'll, I'll socialize. Yeah, you're, it, you're just such a divide. You could be really social or just completely alone, and either way, you're pretty content. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so, um... So funny to be that kind of a mix of personality, one extreme or the other. But um, anyway, so growing up, I know that your parents, um, they had a long road with addiction. Um, and a lot of that bled into your childhood. Um, so why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Um, you have two brothers. You have a sister too, but she wasn't born at the time. No, she, right? she didn't come until... After they got saved. Uh, yeah, after. Or right before. Yeah, his parents have um, an amazing testimony. They have encouraged me uh, so much. They play a huge part in why I know God to this day. Um, their story is just so beautiful. Um, it's a story of redemption. And, uh, you know, but anyway, there was a road before that, before they got saved. And you were a part of that. Oh, yeah. It was, they were definitely not who they are today. They were kids, really, they were young adults. They were between 23 and 25. I was born in 96, and they were maybe 18 and 19 or something like that when I was born. And uh, I was the second child, so I had a, a brother older than me. And they, they were, they were, always there they weren't absent but they never they never brought no trauma up until i was probably right at nine or something but none that you remember none that i remember right because i know you, he um made mention of his older brother i know he does remember a little bit more than i think you do which is also kind of personality wise too oh yeah you kind of in your own little world. Yeah, I'm on my own business. I'm not really paying attention to what's right. going on behind me. Right. So I, I just self-occupied myself into not remembering <laughs> anything bad, really. So how was it? Um, Y'all grew up in a, about an hour from here. Yeah. Did y'all have a good little friend group in your little neighborhood? We did. We had, we had a bunch of... Little rascals, we <laughs> ran around and we had little clubhouses in the cane fields or in the woods. We would run around and do all kind of destructive stuff and just anything to occupy from riding bikes to throwing rocks at people's windows. Oh my like, gosh, I'm not surprised. Oh yeah, <laughs> anything. So, um, at what age, um, do you remember your dad getting arrested because he went to jail 
for six months. He was supposed to serve. I might have been a five year sentence. Eight and a half, nine years old. Eight and a half. I must have been about eight, eight and a half, because by the time he got out and everything. So tell me a little bit about that. What kind of led up to that now that you know from what your parents said? I didn't I didn't realize that that was going on at all until it all showed its face. Uh, so now, looking back, you didn't really have a recollection of this at the time. Well, now you don't, but you weren't really aware of it at the time. Mm-hmm. But now you know um, they had a very strong, what turned into a really big addiction. Yeah. That led up to some really rough days. And um, weeks and months, and eventually your dad got arrested. Yeah, and so I started getting stuck on one substance that was very hard. Right. It was it was just typical uh, kids and adult stuff. Right. So that was kind of that was a turn. I mean, not kind of. That was a huge turning point. Definitely. Because y'all ended up going to stay with a little bit with your grandmother. When your dad saw it, and then some with your mom's parents as well. Yeah, when things got real bad, and they, things were bad for, it felt like to me about a year or so that you can tell like they were just falling apart at the seams. Things just weren't the same. We were in a junky rent house, and you could just tell that it was just at its end. Not a lot of money. Out of money, no money. They went from on top of the world dealing and selling cars, and they they've always made do and had extra to barely have anything, any money to spend or food for that matter. So, um, when your dad went to jail, he was away for six months. I know we talked a little bit about that. He was supposed to be away for five years. Yep. And, um, like, by a, a miracle, gave his heart to God, got saved in jail. Um, just completely, just a different man. And um, he believes, he gives credit to getting out so early to God. He believes that God knew, um, I can let him out. He's going to go and he's going to, he's he's doing this, you know. As far as. He meant business with God. If, when he got put in jail did it affect me i honestly thought he was working my mom told me he went offshore and i thought he was thought he was out on a on a boat in an old old school diving suit (laughs) i had no idea that's what i thought offshore was (laughs) um so when he got out so well let's backtrack a little bit while you were with your grand, your grandparents and your grandma a little bit, um, what was that time like? Good. It was great. It was uh, it was totally different from what we normally had. We didn't we didn't really have a whole lot. We lived in a trailer. We were in a trailer park to in a big house on the water <laughs> and all kind of nice stuff. So snacks, toys, you name it. We it was it was a nice change of scenery. It was fun. It was definitely good memories. So they kind of all, because um, your grandma and your dad's side too had y'all for a little bit, they kind of all played a part in um, kind of just tucking y'all away and shielding y'all from a lot of it. Yeah. 
Which, oh, yeah, we didn't. Looking back now, especially now that you're a dad, such a blessing to have people like that who are willing to step up when you are going through a hard time, to have people that can step up and be there. I have someone to look for, look up to. and Yeah. If you got any important life questions, good to have somebody who can give you good advice. Yeah. And be there. Definitely. And y'all are all still really close to this day. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about when your dad got out. Cause like we, we mentioned, he, he went away for six months when he got out, he was not the same man that went in. Nope. He went in to, he went from me. I mean, he worked and he came home and he dealt substances. So I didn't really see him to, he went in jail and got out to, being there, seeing him, he was sober-minded, and he was just different, you could tell. I love that. And, um, you know, first thing, I mean, when you talk to him, first thing that he wanted to do was go get his boys. He was ready to get y'all. He was ready to do right and change things around. But um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about church, because... Your dad gets out and he's saved and now y'all go to church regularly and, and your we, mom gets saved eventually too we didn't go to church at all other than going with my grandma sometimes we didn't go to church right uh, definitely not enough to remember and to going sunday morning sunday night and wednesday <laughs> but i was in kids class so it wasn't bad it was it was fun to me it it was definitely different it was Better than what, what it you used had, to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a wonderful church. We still to this day are part of. We love our church. Um, so you had an experience with God at some point. You, yeah, I think, when I was 12. Right. Was that um, at a camp or? It was at a, a it was called a tween camp because okay. we were not quite teenagers, but we were. The in between, 12, right? Yeah, in between, and that's where I first had an inkling of some kind of God movement, right? Like this is real, mm -hmm. right? And how long were you? Did you hold on to that? Not very long. Not long. Mm -mm. And no. what? What do you um, attribute that to? Uh, we were in a skateboarding crew. It was just. A rough crowd and um, cigarettes is what really kind of opened the door. Opened the door and made me switch positions of being a into it church kid. kid to starting to wander down a path I shouldn't be on. So, what led you to smoke cigarettes? How did that come about? My friend had an older brother who smell like cigarettes and we seen him wash his hands after coming in one day and we just put two and two together and we confronted him and he he didn't deny it and he just said don't tell mom and a few weeks went by and we just made a pact with each other and said if you do it i'll do it and that's how it started i deal with the devil <laughs> you know when you're a kid and you do nicotine it it gets you so lightheaded, you fall on your butt, and I like that from the start. 
right? So you definitely can see that little um, addict bug was kind of rearing its head. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, technically, it started with sugar. We used to call it <laughs> sugar rush, and we would just make sugar concoctions. And knowing what I know now, that's really when addiction started with sugar. That's crazy. But the bad stuff didn't start till after tobacco. Right. Well, and I think, too, um, what is so unfortunate in this story is, you know, you can have two kids both trying something new that they shouldn't be. But for one of them, it becomes something much deeper than the other because you're an addict. You have that, that in there, you know. Yeah, some people's got a digger quality. Some people don't. Yeah. It's... Um, I got to If I like it, I like it. Mm -hmm. If Me I don't, too. I don't. Me too. But when I like it, I really like it. So um, once you kind of like started smoking cigarettes, that kind of bled into other avenues of substances. After that. The mild uh, ones. After that, alcohol. Okay. And after alcohol was... I I right. just I liked the way alcohol made me felt, so whatever come next came next. Right. So there's one story in particular that um it just is blows my mind. I wanted to talk a little bit have you talk a little bit about that was when you were walking and you found that bag of substances. Um mm -hmm. literally just right in front of you. Yeah, just probably half a football field from my parents house i was walking down the street and i'll look at the ground when i walk and i seen a little baggie so i picked it up and tried what was in it and that was just the start of a roller coaster yeah and uh literally it was just walking down the street and it was at my feet and that's kind of how stuff always gets to me it's, it comes to me i don't go looking for it it finds me and it that that statement alone is so true because you have literally found things had things dropped in front of you just pumping gas putting air in your tires and look down and there's substances that's happened many a times even since i've known you it still happened it's crazy yeah, like a year ago i was putting air in my tire and i found a little cellophane from a cigarette pack full of white pills i'm like so i threw it away i'm like it's crazy this is so weird yeah it's just you can from the outside looking and i don't know if you recognize it this way but i can clearly see that the enemy was just constantly placing things in your path i see it now now that it's happening i can put it on paper but as it's happening you uh, just blow it off yeah yeah, like looking back, it's like it just blows my mind thinking about those points because that moment that we were discussing where you found it and you tried it, that was a turning point. And um, it was a memorable, yeah. strong point that I was definitely interested in taking it further. And let's talk about like you and a friend of yours, like y'all kind of had made a pact, like we're going to. We're going to go, we're going to get into some things, right? Like y'all had kind of discussed that amongst each other. Yeah, we were definitely, we wanted to pretty much get as, Try it all. Yeah, get as fried as possible, as quick as possible, whatever. And how old were you when y'all made that little 
before, agreement before we met so 14 15 years old that's crazy and you know i think it um it really leads into um what we kind of wanted to talk about today which is your circle and the people that you're around you know nobody ever made you do anything you did everything on your own and probably was a ringleader more than often more than not (laughs) but it just um it truly truly matters who you have in your proximity who's with you who you're rubbing shoulders with every day well peer pressure for sure is yeah you hear growing up and you think i'm my own person peer pressure doesn't bother me but you don't realize like it's not you're not going to see it yourself it's when it's another group you can look at and this is happening too that you realize peer pressure is just your peers they don't even say nothing to you about it but the pressure of them doing it and you not doing it that you don't realize what peer pressure truly is until you see it from when you step back and you see it and that's what peer pressure really is yeah just the you being around the wrong people yeah and it just having bad calls yeah and it's like well this is what they're into this is what we do if you want to hang with us this is what we do and it's kind of just that way and i think as a kid especially especially teenager you're not you're not considering that to be because it's oh these are my friends you know we're just this is is innocent it's just whatever not thinking that 10 years down the line you might still be battling something that you just picked up for the first time that night i would have never i would have never touched nothing if i would have known what you know now it would have drugged me down i mean obviously uh it's gotten it's gotten way better and things have changed dramatically um almost a decade now it's just definitely important to watch who you hang with, sure. No, it matters. And I, I know um, even just from, um, like, as a parent and a wife and, you know, we're married and we're together, even we have to be cautious of who we allow in our circle because, you know, there might be parenting styles and, social things that go on that um may be acceptable and fine to them but can cause and open a door for destruction in our home in our lives and i think that it's not talked about enough that um you allow an open door and you put your family you put yourself you put your future and your kids at risk if you're not careful and cautious you know, um, I've heard it a million times. People will say, guard your post. Like, you are the doorman of your home and your family. And um, I have felt that way so many times in our own marriage where it's like, I can't, I can't sleep and ignore something. That's a, a red flag for me. And then allow it into our world. Because then I'm going to look back in a year after it's done what it does and it has caused destruction and I'm going to have no one but myself to blame, you know? So yes, your circle, your friends, it plays a part, but you ultimately, you're opening the door. Mm -hmm. So I think the best piece of advice would be 
find your person, find your people, find your circle that lead you closer to God, closer to the people that are good and healthy for you. Close. Follow leaders yeah. that are setting examples. Don't follow the crowd who are tripping over their own pupil. Yeah, if you are a teenager and you're listening to this, find somebody to look up to that you can say with a good, honest heart, I would love to be that person 10, 20 years from now. If you can say the life they live speaks so good and is, is so encouraging that I want to reflect my own life after that, then eventually you're going to get there. I mean, our pastor says it all the time. I think his dad used to say, um, if you follow Jesus long enough, you'll end up where he is. It's the same thing. The same thing goes for friends. You're going to follow those people, um, and you're going to go and end up down whatever path they end up if you don't make the path choice for yourself. And a lot of times that's as simple as just finding one person saying, yes, I love this group of friends. They're great. And I'll always love them. We have a lot of friends that um, we grew up with that we're fortunate enough to still have relationship with. But all of our lives are just in very different places. And that's okay. Um, who is in your direct path matters so much because of everything around you. Your kids, your work, your mental state. I I know for me, I had a friend I had to pull away from a few years ago because um, I'm just high strung. I tend to have a lot of anxiety and she kind of fed that and I love her to death and um, we're close, but I think the everyday rubbing shoulders just wasn't good for either of us. And um, sometimes those are difficult calls to make. But And I know you've had to do that too. you got to recognize it before you can act on it. Yeah, you, you do. And before it's past the point of like what we talked about earlier, two kids pick up something. One was impacted for the rest of his life by it and the other wasn't. Yeah, some people can pick it up, some people can put it down. If you're one of the people who can't put stuff down, like if you like if you like coffee and candy and you got to have coffee and candy, you're probably one of the people who shouldn't <laughs> touch alcohol. Anything or else? Anything yeah, it's true. Because you if you like it, you're going to like it. And listen, you know, if you are sitting there and you're thinking um being sober not involved in anything, just going to church, all these things. That's boring. I'm not it's such a lie. That is such a lie of the enemy. We have a blast with each other. We have a blast with our group of friends. Yeah, if you need a substance or alcohol to have fun, then your your fun isn't very defined. You need to step back and take another look at yeah. what you got going on. Definitely. I don't need alcohol to have fun. I don't, no. I don't need anything to have fun. I have fun just being with my friends or my wife or whoever I'm with. If you can't find some kind of entertainment with them during sobriety, why would you want to make yourself only have fun when you're drinking? Right. And, you know, I think um, it's just an important 
thing, especially for teenagers to hear that um, it doesn't matter what everyone is doing. It doesn't matter if that's what seems to be what's in. It, none of that matters in the grand scheme of who do you want to be 10 years down the road? Do you want to be the person who made a bad choice at 15 and never was able to come back from it? Or do you want to be somebody who made some tough decisions and you got to reap the benefits of that later on? So I think that's probably about it for today. Um, I think our next video, we're going to flip and Luke's going to kind of talk to me a little bit about my childhood and um, growing up and you know what kind of kid I was and uh, like we mentioned earlier we will discuss where our paths met and um, kind of go from there so everything will kind of be broken up um, but you guys stay tuned because we're going to get into all of it and um, we're really excited I think um, we have a lot to talk about and um, I think it could be encouraging so thank you guys for all the support. We've been really um, so thankful to see all of the pages and everything. Um, it has just meant a lot to us. We're just simple people. This isn't professional. <laughs> we're not, we don't know what we're doing. We're just here to talk to you guys like you would be sitting on our couch. And just to be relatable and, yeah. and feel like you can, you can relate very easily and just feel like you actually could see that yeah. instead of seeing people that you see on youtube or just a, a celebrity face talking about their struggles and you can't really quite relate to it because you're looking at it through a filter of a celebrity we're just normal, normal people. people with big time things that happen to and experience and hoping that if you could stop what you're doing now and back up and learn from our mistakes then that's great yeah so i think um next week if you'll be interested in hearing from me a little bit about what kind of um child i was and a little bit of how i grew up i'm gonna get into it all um you know where luke was a free spirit kind of off doing his own thing i was very much the opposite um to say that i was anxiety and ocd stricken was is in understatement yeah, i don't know how we made it <laughs> to where we are we, god we were total total opposites we didn't realize how different we no. were until it was too late and we're too deep <laughs> great now you have regrets no now we finally <laughs> made it work but knowing what i know oh now, my god <laughs> i don't know how we made it work growing up. i know we are very different we were very different especially as teenagers when we met very very different but, um, yeah, next week I'm going to get into a lot of that. Um, like I said, um, I grew up in uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety and um, a lot of OCD tendencies. And I feel like um, a lot of people will probably be able to relate to that on some level. And then, um, like I said, the video after that, we will be getting to the point of where we met. And kind of that journey and our journey to find God up until um, we got married. And um, the story will continue. So you guys stay tuned. Um, I will be updating you guys as much as I can. We don't necessarily have a set schedule. We're just very busy. 
and we're going to try to do this as often as we can. And um, like I said, just kind of sit down with you guys and talk as if we were just giving some advice from us to you. And um, hopefully just be an encouragement. So thank you guys. Thank you.